On today's podcast, we talk with Charlie Moon, and he says most people have great passion for their life and want to do better, but they lack a plan and a process to develop themselves for what is to what I want. And for over 30 years, Charlie has worked with professionals of every stripe to be a better version of themselves. And over the years, Charlie has noticed that every objective includes three components, people, plan, and process. Charlie has a plan and a process for personal development that aligns with the desired outcome. You're in for a treat. Charlie has lots of good nuggets, and he's written a book and all kinds of fun things that you're going to want to hear all about storytelling and going from order taking to rainmaking. So listen up. But before we do that, we're going to talk about our marketing essentials moment, the essentials, the basics that you need to survive in building your brand and your bottom line. And today I want to talk all about how sales and marketing work together and how we can maybe better work together in collaboration to have the end result that we're after. And so thinking through some of the ideas of how that can happen and make Sales and marketing, smarketing, <laughs> a term that's been made up, I'm sure, but it's working together better, right? So when you have the different departments, or maybe there's two different people, one person's really focused on the marketing and promotions and messaging and who the ideal client's going to be, the persona of making that ideal client, who it is that you want to have as your soulmate client. And then, of course, the salesperson is out there going to work on getting that ideal client. They know who it is. And so bringing those together can then have a collaboration of creating the persona of who they're going after and how they're going to get them and ways that they can use that frontline sales approach in understanding what they're going through and how they're trying to align to get to the right client and get them through your either brick and mortar or click and mortar uh, online as well. So thinking about tools that you can use to both work together, how you can do some lead scoring based on some attributes of this ideal client that we're wanting to talk about, and also gathering data from your current clients that you already have and understanding how did they hear about you? Where did they come from? How did you get to them? And then sales can use that as a tool on how to help continue to build that funnel of people that you're wanting to bring in through the door. So improving that relationship of engagement and working together those interpersonal relationships that can help bring the team as a collective together in smarketing, as we'll call it, being able to have that two-way communication street and having quality conversations about sales and marketing strategies to then hit the collective targets that you're after and the goals that are achieved together, right? Creating your KPIs, your kept promise indicators or key performance indicators, as other other people say, but I like to say kept promise indicators, and understanding what the goals are for each department for sales and for marketing, and then collectively having those goals together. And then thinking about how that feedback loop can really give the marketing department ways that they can really lean on sales to then help you create the sales material that's going to go out there for the salespeople to use, right? And if teams can't work together, and it's difficult for the sales 
team to provide feedback in being able to, you know, make modifications or tweaks to the sales deck that marketing may have made for them or the materials that they're using or the website that you're using or any of those types of tools that you can do. But if you can work together as a team and have the same common goal in mind and the same direction that you're wanting to accomplish, it can really help you increase that bottom line that we're talking about, right? And help build the brand. So when you're thinking about this common strategy, this common goal, uh, the objectives and key results or OKRs, objectives and key results that can really complement each other and keeping those KPIs that are relevant for both teams and having that goal to help with the funnel that you all may know about if, you know, the sales funnel, you know, you want to have that activity that's going to continue to grow that funnel and continue to build that base and having that communication plan and make sure that everyone's singing from the same sheet of music, like I say, right? So thinking about what those outcomes are going to be and how you can have conversations meet on a weekly basis until you can really dial those KPIs in or those OKRs, the objectives and key results that you're after. And then things that you can do to track along the way so that you can, you know, increase your customer base that's within the right personas that you want to attract. And the whole idea is the the cost to acquire customers, right? You want to do what you can to minimize that cost for each customer that you bring through the door over a certain period of time. And then, of course, increase the lifetime value of those customers. So everything that you can do to dial up and tweak and make things better working together in the team can certainly help. And today we're going to talk with Charlie more on the sales side of things and then really get honing in on that story that you can tell. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast, an auditory journey through the latest in marketing, branding, and advertising. Now, here's your Marketing Expedition Guide, Ray Allen. Welcome to the Marketing Expedition Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Allen. I'm the president and CEO of Pepper Shock Media and the founder of the Marketing Expedition community. And today's guest, we have Charlie Moon. Welcome to the show, Charlie. Thank you. I appreciate you letting me be here. This, this is going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. From Wichita, Kansas. I, I, you just told me a whole bunch of fun things about Wichita, right? <laughs> right. If you've ever eaten in a pizza hut or flown on an airplane, you have a connection to Wichita, Kansas. All right. Well, Charlie, let's uh, tell our audience a little bit more about you and uh, kind of the journey that you went through to get where you are today. So the work I do is I work with professional services firms to help them with their business development because the technical skills will no longer carry you. So if you're a banker, owner, accountant, attorney, architect, engineer, those technical skills are no longer enough. And so typically I work with professional services firms. And sometimes I work with small businesses because small businesses have to have visibility because it's not the people who are most technically competent that are successful. It is those who make their competencies visible. So what got me to where I am today? I was, I was in sales, sales. I got a degree in vocal music and education. And then I went into sales and sales management so I could actually make a living. And I was a buyer for the world's largest Western store right out of college. And then I owned a manufacturing company and I went into sales management, sales training. And then that led me to here. I was doing some work for a client bank one time and they said, why don't you just stay 
And I said, I don't know anything about banks. And they said, that's good. We have plenty of bankers. What we need to do is learn your stuff. You don't need to learn our stuff. So we need to learn your stuff. And that's that was in 1994 that that started. And so I spent 20 years in banking. And honestly, banking kind of lost its charm. And so I went back to doing what I was doing, which is helping people be more successful to grow their practice, stop being invisible, and make more money. Because that's why we all do what we do. Fair enough? Fair enough. Okay. So that's what got me to, to hear. Okay. So um, what's one of the, the, I guess, memorable uh, moments in what you're doing now, uh, how you help them, where you, what kind of journey you help people go through? Give me a success story, Charlie. So one of the fun, most fun success stories that I've had uh, recently was the CPA that, you know, all, all CPAs would rather look at spreadsheets than look at strangers and go talk to people. And develop business. And she told me that what I taught her was the value of visibility. And she relayed a story to me that her and the managing partner were out talking to the CFO of a company. And she said, when I really kind of hovered up about 50 feet and looked down on the room, she said it was me talking and they were listening to me rather than me thinking, no, I need to let them talk and carry the conversation. And what she did was she made her competencies visible. She is a mother of three children, married to a firefighter. This year, one of the things that happened in her career was she got to present on a national conference stage, which she thought that was pretty cool because I taught her how to make her competencies visible. And she got a, a trip to Florida out of the deal. And, you know, that that's that's fun. That's fun for me to get to see people do that when you teach them how to connect those dots and make their competencies visible. Because most people are technically competent. Not enough people. They're the best kept secret out there. Fair enough? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the things that you did to work with her and, and being able to reveal what her competencies are? Yeah, so thanks for asking the the process that I use, I was a sales manager in radio. And what we would see is after they spent about six months on salary and their draw was getting ready to run out on them, they would run out on us. And so I was looking for something that would make a difference in these people's lives. And I came across it and it's, it's something, it's a gospel I've preached every day for the last how 30 years. And what it is, is I start with them out in front of hello, and we do an assessment. We do a profile that we make objective hiring decisions, number one, and we don't get sold by salespeople when we hire them. I used to do a workshop called How to Hire Salespeople Without Getting Sold, because <laughs> what happens is you're wanting to buy, you're wanting to buy what they've got. They're wanting you to buy it. And you solve the anxiety around the problem rather than solving the problem. So we use this third-party assessment that helps us understand if this person will contact enough people to be successful. And we look at that, and then what we do is we help them learn how to control their behavior rather than letting the behavior control them. And what happens is, for instance, you and I talking, I see you at a, a cocktail party, I can walk over and say hello to you, or I can choose to walk around the table one more time. 
and then say, oh, I know Ray's busy. I don't want to bother her. That's Ray. She has Pepper Shock Media and she's important and she's got a podcast and we people make up all the right. And that's just all that emotional turmoil that they go through, that emotional short circuit that they go through rather than going towards their goal, which was to meet Ray. And so I work with them on that to get them to where they'll say hello, because if they don't say hello, the rest of everything else they know, everything after hello doesn't matter. So that's my process. So I help them with story structure. I help them with, with um, major account selling, because selling cycles are different when you're selling services than when you're selling products. So I help them with that. So that that's my process. It's a seven layer, seven layer process to help people embrace business development. The embrace model is we've got to educate, mentor, birth a process, develop routines around it. And then the big important ones are hold people accountable in a consistent manner and then get them to execute. So that's, that's my process. It spells out embrace, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love it. Business development. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're right. Selling products versus services does have a different approach. Let's talk about that a little bit more. I mean, when you are selling services, what are the differences? Why Why do you think, you know, sometimes it's hard to, to sell to business to business or uh, just based on what you're trying to do, if it's professional services or a product or, you know, widget, what, what kind of differences do you see and what approaches would you take if you were selling services as opposed to products? Rewind the video back to about 1920s, and that's when most sales models that are followed today were invented. And, you know, it's the old the old line from, from all the movies you've seen, Glenn Gary, you know, all those movies about close early and often, and ABC, always be closing, and ask open probes and closed probes, and that doesn't work in services. And the reason it doesn't is because those were designed around product sales. And what we want to do is we want to, we don't, we have very few buyers that are buying very specific products with services. And so what we have to do is we have to use a different model to sell those services rather than selling a product. You have in, in a lot of product sales, like if you're selling boots or bicycles, <laughs> you're in Idaho, you understand selling boots and bicycles, fair yeah. enough. What happens is you have a lot of prospects and you have a lot of things they can buy. And in, in professional services, they don't. You have very specific, you know, you're not going to go, an architect's not going to sell a building to somebody and get them to build it, right? So that's business development and it, it follows a different model. So if they want to know more, we can chat, but that'll get us by for right now. Absolutely. So when you go through this process with your clients, I mean, what are some of the methods that you take to, to go through that process? Do you meet with them on a regular ongoing basis or how does it work when you, when they work with you? This is fresh in my mind. I just kicked off a new client bank yesterday. So what we do is, is initially we, we set up, a meeting with the, the strategy meeting where we talk to the ownership and make sure that we're both on the same page because the work I do is a hundred percent guaranteed. It's guaranteed that as long as you're seeing value, we'll work together. If you don't see value, we're done. So far, I haven't ran into that. So what happens is we, we have the, that meeting and then we have the introductory meeting with 
the people that I'm going to coach and work with. We can either do this virtually or we can do it in person. And what we do is, is we prepare them for the journey they're getting ready to go on. Because what happens is life changes. And if you don't prepare people for that change, you're, going to, you're not going to meet with success. And I can tell the great story of standing in a bank one time. We were standing in the airport in St. Louis, and the sales manager for a bank I was working with had just bought a bank that had 178 employees. And I said, what are you going to do for the employees of that bank? And she said, I'm going to go out and teach them the products next Tuesday. And I thought she has not considered the emotional turmoil these people are going through of going to work from the for the mom, leaving the mom and pop bank, going to the big for better return of shareholder value bank, right? So there's a transition there. So I I acknowledge that and help them understand that this queasy feeling they have in their stomach of things changing that's normal. And I also show them the exit ramps of where they're going to want to. They're wanna gonna wanna quit and go somewhere else, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so we go through all that first. Then we talk about what we do left of hello, which is get them through that emotional short circuit so that they're capable of saying hello. And then we teach them what to say after they say hello. And I break it down to three steps. There's the prospecting cadence, mm -hmm. there's the engagement cadence. And there's the follow-up cadence. And the reason I call them cadence is because I love drum lines. I think drum lines are cool because you got 20 people lined up doing exactly the same thing and it all works and nobody makes a mistake in it. It's just like a drum line. And so those cadences that I talk about, we do that in prospecting so that the prospect that they're looking for is what the, for instance, the bank that I worked with yesterday so that they're in line, because if you go out and find the wrong prospect, that's not good for you. It's not good for the bank. So then we get them, we get all their arrows pointing in the right direction. Fair enough. That's what we work as getting all those arrows going in the right direction mm -hmm. towards the goal. We, I do a little process called focus on the outcome because what happens a lot of times is people don't focus on the outcome. They focus on the problem and that problem creates anxiety and that anxiety creates it's a reaction that creates a different problem, which creates more anxiety, which creates more, right? And Ray's sitting there shaking her head. Yes, because <laughs> yeah. they're not focused on the, on the solution. They're focused on the problem. And so I like to get people to look way out in, in, in front of where they want to go and, and have that North Star setting out there. And then we get back here. What do we need to do in the next 30, 60, 90 days to set that trajectory right so that they end up where they want to be instead of end up somewhere else? Mm -hmm. I had a client tell me the other day, well, you just want us to know what we're going to do when we grow up. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you better figure it out or you're not going to get there. Mm -hmm. So we do that. We work on the engagement cadence, which is not only large account sales and service sales, but also helping them tell the story of their organization. Because until they understand story structure and how that works, they're going to be all over the place. And they, what happens is people get nervous and they just start going and, 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 and. I mean, you see that in your business with their branding. Fair enough. They don't know what they are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, back in the 70s, I think it was Zig Ziglar said, you want to be a, a meaningful specific, not a wandering generality. And so by, by getting clarity and focus and execution, 
then they're more likely to get to where that North Star is. Mm -hmm. And so we, we help them do that by getting them focused on what they do want, not what they don't want. Mm -hmm. And so then we do the, the story structure and helping them with that. We help them understand different types of questions that have different outcomes that will affect success in major account selling. And then we move to follow up because I don't know about you, but I've noticed sales cycles get a lot longer these days. And the reason they do is because of everything that's going on and the, the noise in the marketplace. And it just takes people are scared and it just takes longer to make a decision. And so we have to continue to follow up and not let things fall through the cracks. And now a word about our sponsor, Aspiration. Join us on Aspiration, a financial firm with a conscious. Aspiration puts money in your pocket and helps you save the planet. Get zero fees at any ATM in the world, zero monthly and overdraft fees, and fossil fuel-free deposits. Gain your own personal impact score and get $600 in cell phone insurance when you pay your monthly bill with your debit card. Sign up with my link on peppershock.com offers. Spend $250 and we both get $50 cash and $25 do-good dollars to donate. And of course, terms and conditions apply, but go to peppershock.com offers and sign up for Aspiration today. Let's talk a little bit more about story structure and what okay. that looks like when you go through that process, because I think that that's something that everybody can use, whether you're selling a product or a service or to a you know business to business or consumer. I mean, the story of, of the company and going through that with the, the person and what they can deliver and how they can deliver that story, I think is really important. What do you do when you work on story structure, Charlie? So what I do is I like to talk to them and get them talking and get them telling me a story. And then what I said to a group the other day is they're very technical people. They're great people. They're great technicians. Honestly, they use a lot of logic. And so what we want to do is get them to get people engaged by using emotion and getting people drawn into the story. And so I work with them to tell the story and not talk about the 1403 on the 1609. Right. All the technical because details. Yeah. All the technical stuff because nobody gets it. So if you're an architect or you're an engineer and you're in present to a municipality and you're talking to a bunch of people that, you know, maybe it's the library director and the, the city manager and all this stuff, they're not going to understand what the 1609 on the 2304 is. And what they'll do is they'll tune you out. And so what we want to do is I want to give them a little short introductory thing to say that we work on and show and get them, get them, they, they got to find out one, what the problem is that the company has, and then how they solve that problem for other people. And what it, what happens is the people are sitting there, their heads are bouncing. They're nodding. Yes. Just like you're doing right now. Yep, yep. It's hilarious. I love it when this happens <laughs> and they're sitting there bouncing their head. And what that tells me is they're going really, wow. Tell me more. Let me tell you a story about how this worked for me. I, I worked with an organization a long time ago. They had, they were, well, they had 71 salespeople. So you tell me how successful they were. Wow. And so they had me come in. I met with the president. And so I went through this with him and he was sitting there and, and I said, what happens if you don't solve this problem? And he looked out the window as the office and he looked back at me and he said, I won't be sitting in this chair a year from today if I don't solve this. 
And I thought, you know, this problem's big enough. This guy wants to solve it. Mm -hmm. And so time goes by. I go out and I work with their salespeople. I'm up presenting in front of them at their conference. There's 71 of them in the room. And this guy looks at me like I just throat punched him. And I said, what? You know, because I was like, what? Did I just cuss her? So what happened? And he looked at me and he said, we never did talk about what this costs. Oh, right. Yeah. And I said, it doesn't matter if you've solved the problem. Fair enough. And he goes, yeah, I guess you're right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was dumb on me not to have it set up. But, you know, you got to give me a little credit. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. it done. And he trusted me enough that that he said, yeah, we, we got to solve this problem. Let's do it. Well, especially if you uh, didn't talk about what it cost, but what would it cost him not to go through this training and process and yeah. to solve the problem, right? <laughs> he, got, he got to sit in that chair for, for longer than a year. So that's not all on me. That's on him too. But the point is, is that if you've got your story structured and you understand how all that works, connecting all those dots. I spoke for a chamber annual meeting on Tuesday night. And they introduced me. And one of the things I had in the introduction is that I'm a connector of dots because that was my favorite thing to do as a little kid is go from this dot to that dot to this dot to, and you know, and then you end up with a picture at the end. And that's kind of how I've lived my life is connecting those dots and figuring out how all this backstory works and putting that all together. And then you end up with a nice picture. Right, right. Well, okay, let's talk a little bit about kind of the future of the industry and, and how sales is evolving and ways that people are doing things differently now. I mean, we've had this pandemic, it's, it's transitioned at lightning speed, really. But what do you see that's trending now and, and into the future, you know, the next 30, 60, 90 days from now? What's what, what are some transitions that you're seeing happen with companies that you're working with? So I think it's more important for people to be focused on the outcome of what they want because what they've done during the pandemic, to be honest, is they focused on the problem. And, and you hear a lot of excuses. You hear a lot of reasons why we can't do stuff. Well, making up those excuses and coming up with all these, with all this coping behavior is, you know, if you shrug your shoulders and go, well, there, you know, nobody will see me. Well, then nobody's going to see you. It's the reticular activating system in your brain. I don't know if you've ever bought a car and then noticed that everybody else had one like yours. And that's the reticular activating system or you paint your kitchen this color and then everybody, everywhere you look, the, the cabinets are the, the same color. And that's the reticular activator in your brain. And what that does is even, so if, if you're looking for problems, you're gonna find problems. And so what I look at is we've got to figure out ways to work around this and when people are, if people are just now starting with wanting to move from, from being order takers to rainmakers, what they need to do is really look for activity. I use some uh, accountability soft, I call it accountability metrics because we develop an individual development plan for people and we put it into software and then they track their results. And what we want to track at the beginning is activity. Because if you get enough activity, you'll get results. But if you don't have, an, if you don't pour enough in the top, you'll not get anything out the bottom. And so whether we're in a, in an environment where there's a pandemic and things are, have gone bad, or if things are really great, you still got to have activity. You got to figure out a way to do that. My year personally was not any worse during the pandemic than it was before the pandemic or after the pandemic, because 
I knew what I had to do to make it work. And so I, I did that. It was a, it was a, a cadence that you just keep going and focus on the outcome, not focus on the excuses. Right, right. Yeah, it's true. I think you, what you said about, you know, if you're looking for problems, you're going to find them. If you're looking for solutions, then, you know, you're going to find those too. So focusing on, on the solutions, right? What are some resources or some, you know, podcasts or books that you have read or that, or that you would recommend that people listen to or read or partake in? Well, a couple things. Um, they can go to, I don't know if I can say this, they can go to my website and sure, download sure. my book called How to Turn Order Takers into Rainmakers. And it's not specific sales things. It's more of mindset things. It's about control and behavior rather than letting the behavior control you. And so that's, that's, it's an easy read. It's the book honestly is designed to be read because too many books are too thick and people don't read them. Fair enough. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> it is. And, and uh, so if you can go download that, it's at getcharliemoon.com and it's free. You can order it off of Amazon, but you can get it free off my website because my goal was to get this out to people and just help them that way. And then um, I think there's a lot of value in a lot of YouTube videos. I ran across um, Matthew Lund the other day, who is a Pixar storyteller from Toy Story. He did Toy Story and Cars and all that. And you think about what those guys have done. I think they know how to tell stories mm -hmm. and they understand story structure and all that. So um, never, never get tired of learning, you know, never get tired of, of figuring out new things because um Eric Hoffer said that, and I can't remember exactly how the quote is in my book, but, but what he said was that the learn, the learn ed are brilliantly prepared to live in a world that no longer exists. Mm -hmm. If you know everything, cause the world's always changing mm -hmm. and you always need to be updating your skills and, and reading and paying attention. So, I love it. I love it. So Charlie, you mentioned your book. Is there any other links or anything else that you want to mention or how people can reach out to you or get a hold of you if you would like for them to do that? Sure. If they want to, they can get a hold of me at Charlie at getcharliemoon.com. My website's get, getcharliemoon.com. I also have another website called charliemoonbenefitauctioneer.com because as a small business person in a town of about 400,000 people, I need visibility. And so about 20 years ago, I started raising money for nonprofits because nonprofits have great passion for the mission. They do not have a great plan and a great process on how to make money. And so what I do is extract and apply the business development skills that I have and help them understand that. I did some board training last night. I raised a couple hundred thousand dollars the other night with a group uh, on Saturday night. And, and so Charlie Moon Benefit Auctioneer and Get Charlie Moon are two ways. And, and so I can help either nonprofits or for-profits. And I'd be happy to talk to people just to kind of give you some, some insight and some thought leadership on the way my process works just to help you. Because, you know, let's be honest, I'm not going to get a bunch of clients out of Idaho, but, but I think it's good <laughs> to talk to people. Because I think, seriously, Ray, the most important word we can say is hello. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Nothing happens until we say hello. And, you know, it's like Christmas. You don't know what you're going to get after, after, after hello, and you might get something. So, yeah, so they can reach out to me those, those two ways, and, and I'd be happy to talk to them. 
Excellent, Charlie. Well, thank you so much. Any uh, last thoughts or words of advice for those that are listening now and, you know, dropped so much wonderful information so far, but uh, what would you like to leave with today? Two things. One of them is, is don't die and go to heaven and get outside the pearly gates and they show you a video of what you could have done if you'd gotten up and gone out and done it. That will be your worst hell, <laughs> right? And the other thing is I had a brother that was 56 years old and he had a heart transplant. Oh, wow. And uh, he was not a victim in this. He was a creator and he lived a great life after he had his heart transplant. And I was talking to him one day and he told me not too long after his heart transplant. And, and he said he was going to build a, a studio onto his house, which is a they had a good run, if you know what I'm saying. Sure. And, yeah. and he was going to build the studio on his house. And I said, what are you going to build out there? And Bob said, I don't know, but if I don't build it, I'll never know. Oh, and I wow. thought that was a great way of looking at things because yeah, we can all suck our thumb and say, man, life is horrible. And you know, this is bad. And you know, gas is this and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's still going to be that whether we, whether we get out and do something or if we sit around worrying about it. So that's what I'd encourage people to do. Thank you for letting me on. I appreciate the opportunity. It was great to meet you. Absolutely, Charlie. Thank you for sharing all of your words of wisdom and, and your book. I'm going to download and read it myself. Changing from order takers to rainmakers, right? Don't aggressively wait for the phone to ring. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Charlie. And for those of you who are listening now, the best thing that you could do for us is give us a review, share this out with the, the world to those that you know that need to hear what Charlie had to say today. And until next time, everybody, enjoy the journey. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Expedition podcast. Want to continue the journey? Don't miss out on new episodes. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wouldn't it be great if there was one place you can go to get all the latest information and tips about marketing and advertising? The Marketing Expedition community is that place. People like you gather in our online community to build relationships with others and find the latest marketing trends, tactics, tools, and technology. We help you build your brand and your bottom line. Start your adventure today. Visit themarketingexpedition.com to find out more.